I trust you're ready for the word this morning. So my wife is bringing the word, um, Jenny, and I, I just want to, I want to encourage you to really open your heart to her. You know, Jenny bringing the word is, is quite a story in itself. Um, you know, we've been married, well, quite a few years, 27 years, and when we, we both felt called into ministry, but I was always the one who would be doing the speaking. And Jenny definitely didn't feel any conviction or desire to bring the word. I'm talking 27 years, 25 years ago. And she got a prophetic word about how God would use her to bring God's word to people. And that was a catalyst that caused Jenny to get out of the boat and say, well, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And the feedback over the years, and I mean, I know many of you are regulars, you've heard Jenny bring the word. It is amazing. You know, Jenny preaches and is like, why doesn't she preach more often? Okay? And, and I love that because she, she has been obedient to really the call of God on her life to actually step out and, and, and bring God's word. So won't you just open your heart as she brings the word this morning? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm looking at my fellow compatriots at the table there who are helping me to preach. Amen, Spo. I'm going to keep talking and you can move me out of a tin can into, <laughs> into a building. So good morning, friends. And it's just a real privilege to be here with you this morning, uh, worshiping the Lord. Uh, guys, do we value the fact that we can worship the Lord, especially after um, hearing this uh, and the Peputa Bill and laws that are happening in our world? And, and it's so easy for us just to think it's the problem of those people. Um, I am prophetically motivated. I don't want to prophesy this, but it is a concern to me that if we do not stand up more as believers that are our age, that our children will be being put in jail for their faith in our country. That is the reality if our world continues in the way that it is. And I'm not preaching about that this morning, but think about your little baby that's sitting on your lap right now. Think about their freedom to believe and to, to be able to live out their faith, not just for themselves, but to share that. <clears throat> if we do not do stuff now, that is what our children's world will look like. And unfortunately, it may be even quicker than the little babies sitting on our laps. And I don't want to live in a South Africa like that. I don't know about you. I don't want to live in a world like that. But it's too easy for us to sit back and say, it's someone else's problem. It's not someone else's problem. It's our problem. And so this morning, as I say, that's not what I'm preaching on. I am wanting to minister 
And um, all my clicks are not all in the right place <laughs> because I used a template. And so if it doesn't click, just click again. <laughs> it doesn't come. So my, my topic this, or my title that I've given my message this morning is what are you partnering with? And I have the scripture of 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 has been a, a keynote scripture for me through my life. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it's been a keynote scripture for me because I feel like fear or anxiety is one of the spaces where the enemy most wants to trip me up and is so prevalent, not just for me, but in, for so much of our, of our world. And particularly at this time, the enemy is wanting to spread his atmosphere of fear and not wanting to. He's been fairly successful about it. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, in our media and in our world, and and our world, so many of us are partnering with that spirit of fear. And I don't believe that that is what God has got for us. I don't believe that, I, I don't, I know that that's not what God's got for us. I know that he is offering us another way. And, and so I want to just unpack this with you Today, and I want to invite you to look at the thoughts and intents of your heart and the motivations in your heart as to what is happening on the outside. And I, I just loved Zinza's song selection today um, because it's, uh, well, her sense was being at home with the Holy Spirit, but. What, but the last song, on the inside, what's happening on the inside of us? Because that is what's most important. What is happening on the inside of us? There are things and circumstances that are on the outside, but it's what's happening on the inside that's going to dictate largely what happens in our, to, in our own personal world and going out. And so I want to look at that today. And, and part of, part of the, the motivation for me is, uh, is also um, there, there's stuff that's happening. We are, we are screaming up into a third wave here in KZN and various places of the country are already there. And the threat of infection and COVID, et cetera, is so present. But we also, but there are things that happen and are happening. And some dear friends of ours uh, are walking a journey right now where, um, where their, a, a member of their family was diagnosed with cancer five days ago. The member is a child. 
They did not see it coming. They weren't planning for their child to have be diagnosed with that. And what has happened to their world? It has changed forever with an illness that has started and not being sure what's happening to a diagnosis from the doctor and uh, the looking at the symptoms and saying, it, picking up, it could be this, it could be this. And what happens as you start hearing the symptoms, as you start feeling the symptoms? What happens to you? Fear. There is a fear because of a whole lot of stuff. There is a fear. And fear is actually something that God has put within us a thing of, okay, if something makes us afraid so that we can run away from it. But where we stay there and we partner with what the enemy brings us, it gives him the hook to be able to then control our lives. And it is, this is not happening to our family, but it's happening, uh, I mean, it's not in our family, but it's impacting our family because they are dear friends. And God is walking, and they are pushing into God. And they're just at the beginning, five days. They have months of treatment and whatever. But I said, I've been musing this week, and I've been speaking with my family, which constitutes my children, partly. And they're like, Mom, we don't want to talk about such things, such uh, morbid things, you could say. But I am asking them, and I'm asking myself, how will I respond if that's me? And it's, I, again, I don't want to prophesy doom and gloom, but it's not if it's me, it's when it's me. And we'll come back, and it's not going to, it, it, Probably, maybe, I can't say. It, I'm not saying that we in our family will have that challenge. But, and we'll come to, to the scripture. Amu, I don't know if you're able to jump in there. Maybe not. We'll come to it. But Jesus says, we'll come to it later. John 16, 33, Jesus says, in this world... You will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. And how am I, how will we respond? How strong are we when trials and tribulation and distress and frustration come along our way? How are we on the inside? And for us to to, to look at it and say, Lord, I need to take stock of where am I? 
Where is the strength of my soul right now? How strong is my soul? How strong am I rooted in my anchor of Jesus, the rock? How strongly am I anchored? How strong is my faith? I'm, I'm looking over you at my dear friend at the back there who, who was not expecting for her precious daddy to pass, to get COVID and suddenly to pass like that. But do you know her response? The night that she heard, the, the, the second night after, those nights she were heard, she talks was worshiping God so strongly and so powerfully and pushing into him and praying and saying, God, you are my rock. And I'm saying, shall we be, I'm, I'm asking us, let us be like that. Let us be like that. We are, we're in a space and a time where our circumstances can bring a lot of fear. But, but, how we stand and we walk on the inside is whether we're going to partner with that spirit of fear. Or are we going to partner with the Holy Spirit? And 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I want us to look at that, uh, just work through that a little bit. But before we get there, I want to look, a little bit more at 2 Timothy 1. Just read around that verse. So 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 to 8. And I want us to read, uh, and I want to read it. And it says, so Paul is writing to Timothy, and he is a minister of um, that, the, 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 that region. He's not just a pastor of one church, but of the region. And Paul, when he's writing in this book, he, he writes to Timothy, Timothy and he says, may grace and mercy and peace. And this one commentary that I was reading, he, uh, this commentator said that um, there are two places where Paul writes and he says, grace and mercy and peace, not just mercy and peace to the person he's writing to. And he said in this context, Paul was writing to Timothy who was a church minister. And he said, this commentator said, he thinks it because, it's because church ministers need even more grace than, <laughs> than any, everyone else. Um, and I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting, that's fun. I'll just put it out there. Guys, we need more grace, okay? You need to give us grace. Um, and grace is God's enabling to do what he has, he has called us to. That's really um, what grace is, and so we need that. But if we pick up verse 5, so Paul is writing, and he says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Loire and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Okay, and I'm just going to stop with each verse. 
I underline their call to remembrance, the genuine faith that is in you. One of the things that we can do to build ourselves on the inside is calling to remembrance the things that God has done in our lives and in our families' lives. The power of testimony and, and in our prayer time, prayer meeting this morning, which, by the way, you are all invited to attend. It is not just for the holy people, okay? It is for you to attend, to come and be part of the prayer meeting before our services. And God ministers there, and you partner, you take ownership with what is happening in, the, in our service. And so, call to remembrance. Remember, remember what God has done. So, in this time where you may be feeling fear, I want to encourage you, call to remembrance the thing that, things that God has done. Not just in your life, but Paul was reminding Timothy about the faith of his mother and his grandmother, the generational faith. And I'm wanting to encourage you to think about the generational faith of your parents, your grandparents, your family. And when Paul starts this, he, uh, the, to Timothy 1, he's actually speaking about the faith that his fathers held to. And Paul was, Paul's, Paul's biological parents were not Christians in the Christian sense of the word that Paul the Apostle was. Um, but there was a faith in, a God, in God. There was the Jewish belief in, in God and, and serving God. And so call to remembrance that. But I also want to invite you. What heritage are you leaving for your children's children to call to remembrance? Because it's not just about you. It's about your child. It's about your grandchildren. It's about your great-grandchildren. So what heritage of faith are you leaving and operating in and going to partner with so that they can remember what happened here and be strengthened in their faith when they are maybe needing to decide whether they are going to preach the gospel with the consequence of going to jail or not. But is your faith going to be strong enough that they can say, I remember Gogo and Kozo and how strongly she stood for her faith. And it's going to cause them to rise up and say, this is worth defending, the gospel. But not just our physical families, but you can call to remembrance your spiritual family, the genuine faith that is in you. So when you are feeling afraid, you can think about the powerful Amu who proclaims and declares the word of God. And you can say, well, if she believes it, I'm feeling a little shaky right now, but I'm going to stand on what she believes. Because you can call to remembrance the genuine faith of our family. And that is why spiritual family is so important. Because for many of us, we don't have a physical family, biological family that is tapping into the promises of God and the faith of God. But you can be that spiritual family to one another. Amen? We can call up the genuine faith.
and be persuaded that it is in one another and call it out for one another. And not just for now, but we, we remember the genuine faith of our pastor when we were students, when we were 19 and 20. I am telling you, Jacques and I can go to one and say, remember that sermon. Remember that sermon. <laughs> when we were so young. <laughs> okay? You get to 50 quite quickly, guys. <laughs> it's shocking how quickly you get there and you still feel 20. But we can remember the sermons. So, so I'm, I don't want to sound prideful, but I'm like, how strongly are you listening to our sermons so that you can remember them and remind one another in 30 years' time? And say, remember that sermon that Pastor Jenny preached about what am I going to partner with? It's a lot dependent on the inside of our hearts and how hungry we are for the Word of God. I'm telling you, we were so hungry as young people. I look back and I'm like, yo, we were fanatical about God as young people. I'm like, guys, get fanatical about Jesus because it'll take you the long run. It'll cause you to run your life well following Jesus. And we don't want to, we want to finish strong. We, we, we're trusting that the things that we put into our lives as students, that I put into my life as a 14-year-old, as a 12-year-old, I, I can still say those verses like this because I, I planted the word strongly in my heart. I built it in my heart when I was 12 years old. I chose to spend time reading my Bible, meditating, learning it, uh, repeating it, putting it, chewing the cud. And I had people who were discipling me and helping me to do that. But you know, a lot of it was me. I chose to do that as a young person. I chose to do that rather than reading Mills and Boone and whatever, um, because I was concerned about the inside. You remember them, Stella? How many Mills and Boone did you read? You never read Mills and Boone, I, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, calling to remembrance, verse 6. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. We need to read the Word of God. So I'm bringing this verse to you, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. But our pastor said to us, you need to read the Word. What's the rule? In context. In context. Okay, I knew Intercausal would know it. <laughs> in context, in context, and in context. You need to read the Word of God in context. And so... I'm looking at the scripture and I'm just looking at a little bit, a few verses this way and that way. But sometimes we can take the word of God and we jump all over and it's one little verse and we're reading it completely out of context. The devil can do that too. He can quote scripture to you, but he takes it out of context because he's not applying it what God was saying and meaning. The devil quotes scripture to Jesus. He can quote scripture to you too and then make your mind go all wobbly and like, oh, is that what, what is God actually saying? Read your word properly. Read it in context. 
And so reading it in context. So verse 7 is in the context of remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. We believe in the laying of, on of hands, of impartation, of, of God um, releasing gifts. But it's not just speaking about spiritual gifts here and um, gifts to the church, the fivefold ministry gifts, which I, I believe that Paul was speaking to Timothy here. It's also the gifts that God has given you. You are good at media. You are good at computers. You are good at gathering people and encouraging them to come to things. That when you were a little girl, you always had lots of people visiting your house because you invited lots of people. That's a gift. That's a gathering gift. And God is saying, in this time, friends, don't bury your gifts. Stir up your gifts. Ask God to use you. Allow God to use you. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Stir it up. Build it up. Remember, what is your purpose on earth? Why did God call you here? Verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, I'm not going to dwell there because I will a bit more. Verse 8, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And God gives us a, a Holy Spirit who is so powerful. He is all-powerful. Holy Spirit is the Godhead part that that power that God has is the power that raised Jesus from the dead and overcome, overcame death. And that is the power that Holy Spirit, of Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. But we so often want Holy Spirit just to get us out of the bad circumstances out of the difficult situations. And many times God does do that. He delivers us out of our difficult situations. He will heal us instantly so that we don't have to walk through the valley of sickness and potential death and etc. And he often does that. But sometimes and quite often he doesn't. He gives us the power and the enabling to walk through the valley. And that is what Paul is saying here. But share with me in the sufferings of the gospel, for the gospel, according to the power of God. That with the power of God, he enables us to walk through the difficult times. And we so often want him just to shundai us and take us out of the difficult things. We want him to airlift us out of these difficult situations. And there is nothing wrong with praying for that. We're the first to pray for that. Amen? But sometimes he parachutes down into our circumstances with us. And he joins us in our circumstances. And he says, let's walk through this together through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because... 
what's on the other side is that's waiting with us for us is better than if I just airlift you out right now. And I don't want you to miss out on the amazing, incredible gifts and character formation and relationship strengths and the people that I'm going to use you to reach as we walk through this valley. But we are, are usually more interested in our comfort than in God's character that he's forming in us. Ha! Ah, and guys, I'm not preaching to you and I'm so perfect, I promise. <laughs> this is God speaking to me. I'm so challenged. Lord, form your character in me. Make me strong. I'm telling you, when we got the news with those friends, I felt fear as much as. I felt like, God, how am I? How, how will I be? I don't know. I don't actually know how I will respond if we got the news of that in our family. I don't know. But I can prepare. I can build and get strong so that I can be strong. I want us to play a video now. And you may have seen it. It is trending at the moment. Um, and Nightbird, has anyone heard of Nightbird? Okay, not many of you. Okay, Nightbird. I want us just to play a, a, a video. Nightbird is a young girl who is 30 years old, who two weeks ago, her song shot to number one in iTunes, and three of her other songs have gone straight to the top 100 after she got the golden buzzer given to her at America's Got Talent two weeks ago by Simon Cowell, which if you have watched America's Got Talent at all, know is a miracle in itself. And Simon Cowell gave her the golden buzzer for this song and for her, um, her, her um, what do you call it, performance. And I want you to listen to her and what she says. I'm not going to give away more of her story because I think you'll get it from this, but if you don't, then I'll share it in a moment. But watch and be challenged. Gainesville native known as Nightbird became an overnight sensation with her tear-jerking performance on America's Got Talent. NBC4 anchor Brad Johansson recently met with the Golden Buzzer winner near her hometown for a revealing in-person interview. He joins us now with more on her story. Brad. Yeah, it is a remarkable one, Carrie. She was born Jane Marcheski in Zanesville, but the world now knows her as Nightbird. In the midst of her third bout of cancer, this powerfully positive role model believe she is still alive to be a gift to others. And I can't make promises to people about what will happen, but I can tell people what is possible. I can show people what is possible. All 85 pounds of Jane Marcheski turned into Nightbird on stage. I was first diagnosed with cancer in 2017 um, with breast cancer. It would be the first of three reoccurring cancer diagnoses. And what do doctors say about metastatic breast cancer? Uh, it's incurable, that um, it will ebb and flow, go, you know, 
get worse and get better throughout your life, perhaps, but at the end of the day, you'll die from it. This is just a little cancer update. In 2019, they gave her three to six months to live. Soon after I got that three to six month diagnosis, my husband let me know that he no longer wanted to be married. She headed west. I moved to California in the summertime. You can lie to yourself and say that you're fine. I changed my name thinking that it would change my mind. Um, you can like go down those dark roads and stay there because it's so tragic. Or you can go down those dark roads and come and, and come back. And the third is the hardest, but it's never without reward. In three straight nightly dreams, Jane says she saw birds at her window <laughs> singing. Hello. At night. Felt so poetic that these birds were singing as if it was morning, but there were no signs of it yet. And that's what I wanted to embody. Bald and too weak to walk, she sent an audition tape to AGT. Well, it's okay is something that I have been saying out loud to myself through the whole, through the whole situation. It's you, I like Then another and another. The last one, a cover of Don't Stop Believing. If something so impossibly catastrophic and unimaginably awful can happen, then doesn't it also mean that something impossibly beautiful and impossibly redemptive can happen? When you stepped out on that stage, did you know something remarkable was going to happen? I didn't know. I thought maybe. Wow. It's not about me. I want to be a whole person on my own. And so I don't need these people to like me in order for me to feel complete. And that wasn't always the case. Don't misunderstand. All this attention, she loves it. Number one on iTunes, four songs in the top 100 before the week was out. Music for the imperfect. If you, if you listen for it and look for it, then you'll see, you'll see Jesus all over it. You'll find it there, but um, I'm not just writing music for people that believe the way that I believe. I think that's ridiculous. Do you think about death? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I, I'm ready to die whenever it's time for me to die. She's gained 20 pounds since AGT, staying with her family that has picked her up after every fall. This is my uh, seven dots. Um, there is a verse in the Bible that says, the righteous person falls seven times and gets back up again. Are you bitter? No, no, and that's the, that's the miracle part. Um, my life is a miracle. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be fit breathing. You know. Or singing a song that makes it seem like anything is possible. The note that I've been given to sing in this orchestra of life is short and insignificant, truly. Um, but I want to sing it well. I got one note. I'm going to sing it well. She has to wait until uh, August to perform back on the live shows of AGG, and she swears to me nothing 
will keep her from making it on that stage in August. I'll tell you, she has a fan club. I love how she said last week, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. I can feel that energy through that interview. It's remarkable. She is a remarkable person, and if she says, I was here for a purpose to inspire others, I think she's doing that. Uh, check mark. Yeah. Thank you so much. You bet. She's 30, but when I grow up, I want to be like her. <laughs> yo. Yo. I just put a couple of quotes from her from that interview up. Um, I'm not going to dwell on them. I just wanted to remind you of them so you can think about it, and I encourage you to go and just follow her story a little bit. It, as I say, it's very current. Um, <clears throat> she believes she is still alive to be a gift to others. Where's her priorities? Where are yours? You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore in order to be happy. Oh, how much am I relying on in circumstances as to whether I'm happy or not? And one of Anne's prophetic words that she brought right at the beginning of the year was the significance and the importance of joy, of partnering and tapping into joy this year. Joy is dependent on the joy bringer who is Jesus. Amen. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore in order to be happy. How's this? The note that I've been given to sing in this orchestra of life is short and insignificant. She's not pretending to be the savior of the world. But I want to sing it well. If I've got one note, I want to sing it well. She is fanning into flame the gift of God which is in her. She is saying, I can sing. I have got a purpose. I have got something to contribute to this world, and I'm going to bring it. I'm not going to allow cancer diagnoses three times to stop me from bringing it. I was challenged by this. If you look, you'll find Jesus all over it. But... I don't want to write music just for people who believe just like me. How many of us, oh, we are, we, we are too partnering with the spirit of fear to, to make our lives count for those who do not believe like we do. And in many of her... Uh, in many of the um, interviews, she doesn't mention God at all. But yet, people are just like, what is so different about her? You look at that, when you look at the actual audition where she gets the golden buzzer, it's like she's glowing. There, she is so not afraid. She is so full of peace and joy as you, as you watch it. There's not one mention of the name Jesus, but you can see it just exuding out of her. 
and the world is going, what have you got, girl? I want that. And it's because of what's on the inside of her. It's what's on the inside of her. It's not only what she's saying. It's what's on the inside. I'm like, Lord, gear up my inside, Lord. Gear up our inside so that we can be. That people walk past and go like, excuse me, what's different about you? Can you tell me more about you? Rather than the other way around, us taking it from them. Looking a couple more. It's not about me. Pause and salah and contemplate. I want to be a whole person on my own. I don't need these people's praise in order for me to be complete. So it's not like she's not pushing in to get the golden buzzer and win America's Got Talent, but it's not for her praise and glory. It's for her king's praise and glory and to make a difference. Do you think about death? Yes, but I'm not worried about it. I'll die when it's time for me to die. That nails the spirit of fear right on their head, right there. What else can you threaten someone with if you can't threaten them with death? If you're not afraid to die, the devil may as well just leave you alone. Because that's the strongest he's got hold on you, is death. But if we're not afraid to die, because we'll die when it's time for us to die, when the time, when, when I've done all that God's got for me to do on this earth. How about you? How afraid are you to die? What is motivating you in what you do? Is it fear? Or is it, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me to do? Power, love, and a sound mind. <clears throat> if something so impossibly catastrophic and unimaginably awful can happen, then doesn't it also mean that something incredibly beautiful and redemptive can happen? Yo. Sorry. Um, she's not negating the difficulty of her situation. She's not saying, oh, I'm fine, it's nothing. She's not. She's saying it's impossibly catastrophic and unimaginably awful what she's walked through. But if that can happen, can't God just do an incredibly beautiful, wonderful, incredible thing? And she's saying, I'm a laid-down lover for Jesus. God, use my life with where I am right now. Your. I want us just to go on. That was my alarm for you should be stopping. <laughs> for God did not give us a spirit of timidity. And I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. And I want to just uh, clarify, when you're reading the Bible, there are different translations of the Bible. So um, people will, it's, it's the Bible and 
It is the, the pure and accurate word of God. But for example, this translation is called the Amplified Bible because how it's been printed or what's been brought out is that uh, the, the people who put it together have taken the original Greek or Hebrew words and the Hebrew and Greek words in they, they can embody a fuller meaning than what we can capture with one word in English. Okay? So we are a multicultural church here, and sometimes um, uh, Amu will say a word to us, and, and she'll be like, oh, what is the English that'll fully embody or capture that Zulu word? Do you, are you with me? And so the Amplified Bible is, is a translation where, um, where that, they, they take all the, they put in all the words. Instead of trying to choose one word, they, they take like four or five words. So if you're trying to tell your pre-believing friend about Jesus and his love, maybe don't do it from the Amplified because they'll get bored quite quickly because there's lots of words. But so, but it's wonderful when you're studying the Word of God. And so I encourage you, tap into the Amplified Bible. So, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity. So other synonyms, words that are like it, that could fit in there, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. Do you get a bigger picture? It's not just timidity. It's not just for God did not give us a spirit of fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. You can get a bigger picture. So I just want to, I just want to in these last 10 minutes or so, just unpack each of these parts, fear, power, love, and sound mind. So a spirit of fear. If we will fear God more than death, people, and Satan, then he provides for us a sanctuary, a safe place. And when I say fear God, I don't mean fear as in, God, you are a bad God with a big stick. God is not that. That is what the devil wants to tell you God is. He has not given us a spirit of that, timidity, cowardice, craven and cringing and fawning fear. That is not what a fear of God looks like. A fear of God is, God, you are holy. You are mighty. God, you are my maker. And because of that, I worship you in reverence and in awe. And he also is a powerful God who, who has the power to strike down your enemy. Not strike you down, but strike down your enemy. And so the enemy is afraid of God in this way. 
But you don't need to be because he is your father and he loves you. And he calls us to fear him with a reverent awe. Um, Amul, can you just click the next slide and then we'll come back to the slide. Isaiah 8 verse 12 to 14 in the Passion Translation says this. Don't believe their every conspiracy rumor. Don't believe every rumor and don't fear what they fear. Who is they? The world. Those that are not got their anchor and listening to God. Don't fear what they fear. Don't be moved or terrified. Fear nothing and no one except Yahweh, the commander of angel armies. Honor him as holy. Be in awe before him with deepest reverence. And as we do that, he will become for you a holy sanctuary, a holy sanctuary. But for the enemy, a stone that people will trip over, where we don't come under and come into the fear of God. People trip over God. But how come God does this? But that, and rejecting God, he becomes a stone to trip over. But God is saying he's providing a holy sanctuary as we recognize him as the God of gods and Lord of lords, King of kings. And we, we fear him, we honor him, we reverence him. So then fear takes its place under that and is banished because he is king. Neil Anderson, sorry, go to the next slide. Um, I'm Neil Anderson, Neil T. Anderson has written a book called Steps to Freedom. I just want to go there. Um, the Steps to Freedom in Christ. And he speaks uh, uh, in there about fear. And these are just a couple of pointers that he said around fear. Fear, we experience fear, and it is a legitimate thing when there is danger, when there is someone who's about to come and hurt you in your house. Fear, when something or someone is present and potent. In other words, they are present, they are right here with you right now, and they have power or potential to be able to, do, to bring harm. And most of us, uh, the fear of people where they are going to hurt us, death, we can say death, we, it is potential. It, we are all going to die. And so it, is, it could happen tomorrow. It could happen today. It is present. So there is the aspect. We can fear death. But... Jesus has taken the power of death away from us. We can be like Nightbird, where death does not have to hold this, this fear grip on us. But how do we walk with it in our hearts? 
How do, what is our relationship with death, with the thoughts of death? Have you ever thought of that? Maybe we should. How would I, how will I be if I am faced with dying right now? Good question. With fear, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is choosing to live by faith and doing what is right in the face of perceived fear objects. But behind every irrational fear is a lie which must be identified. And you can ask God, Lord, what are the irrational fears that I have? So many people are afraid of the dark. I have tenants. Uh, we, we have a place that we rent out. There are grown men who are 30 and 40 and 50, and they sleep with the light on through the night. Why? <laughs> Why? Because they're afraid of the dark. There is an irrational fear. As the landlord who's paying for the electricity, I'm like, guys, sort your, sort your lie out. Chase that fear away. You don't need to sleep with the light on at night. But thinking, what are we afraid of? And behind every irrational fear is a lie. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He brings the truth to disperse those lies. Neil Anderson speaks and says, anxiety is different to fear. And I've been finding this really interesting. Anxiety is different to fear. Anxiety comes from uncertainty about an outcome or about the future. And Philippians 4 verse 6 to 8 addresses this really strongly. And the root word for anxiety um, means double-mindedness. And the Bible speaks quite strongly about not being double-minded. And how do we become not double-minded? We need to renew our minds. He has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind that we not be double-minded. We don't have to live with anxiety ruling our lives, with fear ruling our lives. And we can ask God to show us. The, the, the aspects of power, Holy Spirit gives us power to walk through things. I've already highlighted that. He gives us a spirit of love. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us to the Father, leads us to Jesus, who reveals to us the depths of the love of God for us so that we don't need to be operating from a place of, I am not loved, I am not worthy. Does God love me? Does he care for me? I don't need to partner with the spirit of fear if I am convinced that God loves me. And it says God, Holy Spirit comes and he shows us, he reminds us, he loves on us, he, he gives us that love. But how much time have you taken to allow that knowledge that God loves you to go from your head 
to your heart, where you actually believe it and operate from that place. And a sound mind. A sound mind. John um, 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. <laughs> Take courage, be confident, certain and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. There's the Amplified Bible again. And God speaks here, I've given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. The Holy Spirit is the powers, the dunamis. And Jesus says, I have deprived the world of power to harm you. And, and yes, he's given us a given, um, he has deprived the world of power to harm us. And yes, sometimes, and, and we trust most of the time it's to harm us in our physical bodies as well. But I believe that God is, Jesus is speaking. I have deprived it of power to harm your soul and your spirit. And, and our bodies as well. But sometimes we do suffer. Sometimes we will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But he's given us the power to walk through that and for it not to harm us, not to harm our faith in our, and, and in our souls. And so he has conquered it for us. But how do we think? How do we think? How does our mind operate? What are we partnering with in our minds? And, and it's as, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Psalm 23, verse 7. Where we go with our minds is how our lives will look like. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a sound mind. But we have to partner with him. He doesn't just come and do an op, open our heads and pop in his mind and way of thinking. It's our mind that he's given us, and he says, be good stewards of your mind. Renew your mind. Change your mind. Transform your mind. Take time to read those scriptures. Take time to meditate on them. Change your mind. Because as you do that, you will have a sound mind. And you will be in a much better place as you walk through life. And as we say, as things maybe come our ways, when they come our way. Psalm 23, verse 4, and I just want to finish with this as, as, our, as, as we go. Psalm 23, verse 4, the psalm, the, the Lord's my shepherd, that psalm. This psalm has been such a powerful anchor for so many of us last year going through COVID and etc. And I just wanted to remind us of it. Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. For Jesus, you already have. 
He has conquered me and he has conquered fear. Amen. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. Because God loves us, we can walk in the power of Holy Spirit. And I want to just remind us of, if you haven't listened to um, Pastor Jacques' message from last week, I really want to encourage you to do so, where he speaks about um, perspective and David and Goliath, and Goliath the threatening and the intimidating that, um, that was going on. And, and David had to fight. David fought in his secret place with the lion and the bear. He fought fear there. He, he wrestled with these things coming against him. And he built muscle and strength in his inner soul there. So that when he faced the biggest giant of all, he knew who his God was. He feared God more than he feared the lion and the bear. And so he could look at Goliath and say, Who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? And he could... He could speak it with confidence because he had seen God act, because he had worked it in his inner being already. And he was writing this, like writing these Psalms and saying, God, your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your life, your love takes away my fear. And he could do that because he had practiced, because he had dealt with it. He had wrestled God in the secret place in these places. It doesn't mean he didn't have fear, but he had walked it through and he had built his own heart and his own char character. And no one can do that for you but you. God can't even do that if you won't let him. You have to partner with the Holy Spirit. You have to partner with God for him to strengthen and build your heart yourself. Amen. And I'm wanting to say, come guys, let's be strong. Let's be a band of warriors that are standing strong and being an bird. None of us knew her or knew her story. Well, most of us didn't until two weeks ago. She's been hidden. And now God has brought her onto the stage of life to be a light and to shine the way to so many people of her king. Amen. Can we just pray? And I want to invite you. Can we stand? And I want to just read. If you are wanting to just say, God, I want to give up. I want to invite you to show me where I have partnered with fear. And I want to just read a, a prayer, and I invite you to pray this with me, and it's from Neil Anderson's book on Steps um, to Freedom in Christ. And I'm going to read it, and if you want to say it each line after me, then, then let's do that.
And I want you just to think about where could there be fear that is gripping you? I fear failing my exams. I fear death. I fear the death of my little one. I fear the dark. I fear insects, snakes, whatever. Let's spy. <laughs> I fear my dad unnecessarily. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I have allowed fear to control my life. Thank you for your forgiveness. I choose to believe that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control, or sound mind. I renounce any spirit of fear operating in my life. And I ask you, Lord, to reveal any and all controlling fears in my life and the lies behind them. I desire to live by faith according to what you have said is true in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you that you bring the truth and that the truth will set us free, Lord. Father, we thank you that we don't have to partner with the spirit of fear. We don't have to come under this atmosphere of fear that allows the enemy to breathe and to, to blow up the lies that we, he's, he's feeding us. We say thank you, Father, that we can come over it and dispel that spirit of fear in our lives. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for each person here or who listens online that they would go forward partnering with you, that we would go forward partnering with you, Holy Spirit, that is, gives us power and love and a sound mind and self-control in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen, amen. and amen.